Welcome to the Inspired Living with Autoimmunity podcast, the podcast for high achievers who want to stay sharp, focused, and full of energy despite their diagnosis. With your host, National Board Certified Functional Medicine Health Coach, Julie Michelson, where Julie helps you take your power back from autoimmunity. And now here's your host, Julie Michelson. Welcome back to the Inspired Living with Autoimmunity podcast. I'm your host, Julie Michelson. And in today's episode, we're joined by Dr. Renee Wellenstein, who is an amazing libidoologist. That's right, you heard me. She's a double board certified physician whose personal experience with burnout has led her to step outside of the conventional medicine box to empower the women she works with to take control of their health jumpstart their energy, improve their confidence, and reignite their libido. You may be surprised to hear how the same factors affect autoimmunity as well as libido. I promise we'll connect those dots. Dr. Renee shares with us her ABCs of burnout and gives us actionable steps we can take to bring self-care into our lives to improve our health as well as our quality of life. Dr. Renee, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you with us. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. So one of the first questions I usually ask my guests, because most of us in this wellness space have our own stories. I know, you know, you have a a medical career and, and we're on a different path. So Would you be willing to share a little bit about what got you into doing what you're doing now share your story with our listeners? Absolutely. Yeah. It's a, it's a long one. It's about a (laughs) three year in the making, actually probably longer than that, but you know, I'll fast forward to the pivotal point in my life, which actually right before that, which is, you know, my husband and I had moved from a suburb of New York city. So we were living in Connecticut. I thought I was living the dream life at that point. I was a OBGYN, again, living the dream life, although I was up every other night and, you know, delivering those babies and at the office early. And I had infant twins at this time. They were born in 07. Wow. And, you know, in 08, we said, oh gosh, you know, let's move to the country. Let's move to where life is not so chaotic because at this point, you know, we weren't enjoying the city life. We were just enjoying working and coming home to our kids. And so we moved to the country in New York. And of course, what happens when you are the daughter of a dairy farmer who always wanted a horse and you move to the country, which is a little, little more affordable to have a uh, a horse where I live, you get a horse. (laughs) And number two, what do you do when you're an animal lover and you rescue animals, you rescue a horse that came off the racetrack. So I rescued a a thoroughbred and it, you know, it's all a blur as far as how long I had him, but I fell off that horse and broke my back. And that's always where I say my story begins because up until then, I was just probably, you know, going 150 miles per hour, always living in the future, like go, 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 go. But that's the only life I'd ever known. And, you know, thinking of how long it takes you to get your medical degree, you know, like college and, and medical school and residency and all the things like I would just kept doing, doing right. Going to the next school, doing the next thing. And this was the first time when I fell off the horse and broke the back that I was literally halted, you know, bed rest, walker, shower chair, all of the things. 
And I also always say this is the time where I, I never wished back issues on anybody, but when it's your own self, you're like, okay, put me back together again. But my injury, I could not be put back together again. I was Humpty Dumpty that fell off the wall that could not be put together again. So, you know, and I was okay with that for about six months, but I was six months out of work on narcotics for my pain. Pretty much, you know, I don't do well with the really strong pain medicine. So I had to chase it with all the other things to ward away the side effects, like the constipation and the nausea. So I was a living medicine cabinet on a day-to-day basis and pretty much just on the couch feeling awful, but I had a lot of time to think at this point, cause I've completely slowed down. But my thinking was over the next couple months, even into a year was now in retrospect, the, all the grieving, I was angry at my situation. I was resentful. You know, I totally went through all the stages of grieving envious of other people still having their life and all the things. And here I was now with a bum back. And when I did return to work, my scope of practice was uh, limited in that I could not deliver anymore and I couldn't operate, which is really, you know, for an OBGYN, that's the life changing part of our job. This is where we change lives, you know, bringing a baby into the world and doing a surgery on a woman to make her feel better. Like that is where my purpose lied not doing pap smears in the clinic all day, which is really what I had succumbed to because of this injury. And I was like, okay, well, it is what it is. At least I'm back to work. Well, then I started noticing more symptoms popping up, such as an inability to get out of bed in the morning, just really low energy and fatigued all day, pretty much living on a pot of coffee or some sort of caffeinated beverage to get me through the day. Couldn't wait till I got home and lay back on the couch, maybe took a nap grabbing the chips as opposed to a salad for lunch, because that's all I had the energy for. And, you know, I'd get the second wind at night, which was always bizarre at like 10, 11 o'clock, I could stay up. I was like, what is going on here? So of course it, it came to my rock bottom when I, at one night in bed with my husband, I said, I just can't go on living like this. Like this, I feel like a deadbeat mom, uh, a really awful wife, because I'm laying on the couch all day. I'm not doing things with my kids at this point, they were probably six, six, seven years old. And I just don't feel good. You know, I don't feel like myself. And of course I had terrible mindset things going on at this point. Cause I was gaining weight. I just felt my self-confidence, self-esteem was at an all-time low. And just the thought that I had that night with my husband, that I couldn't go on living this way. Like the thought that it could take my life, you know, I didn't have a plan, but that just that thought. And here I had two kids down the hallway from me in bed. I was like, I need help. However, I knew going to my doctor what the diagnosis would be because I was in that world. I was in the conventional medical world where I laid in bed every night thinking, gosh, what could this be? Self-diagnosing. And I said, I know the box I'm going to be shoved into. And sure enough, I went to see my doctor and I was shoved into the depression box. And I remember saying to her, like, I just, I knew that's what you were going to say. And she's like, well, well, think about it. Your life completely changed. And I said, you're right. It did. It must be depression, but I just didn't feel like this is what depression would feel like. Like I thought I would be much more emotional, more sad, (laughs) crying all the time. Like sad, like I don't feel sad. I I do sometimes, but not more most of the day. I said, I'm just beating myself up most of the day because of all the other things. So I went on to the antidepressant and Of course, it did not make my symptoms better. And as a matter of fact, I had all of the side effects. Mm -hmm. And so this is kind of the next, you know, those three months where I was between visits, I was like, I don't know about this, but I continued to take it with all the side effects. And 
three months later, went back. And of course, when you go back to your doctor and a medication is not working, it's not that you have the wrong diagnosis, you have the wrong medication. <laughs> so sure enough. And again, I didn't know what else it could be. I'm racking my brain for three months going, what else could this be? And of course, all my blood work was quote unquote normal. You know, and at this point, I was still under really constant care with my providers. And mind you, I had already flunked out of physical therapy. They didn't really want to see me anymore because I was one of those chronic pain people. And when I was going into my second antidepressant, of course, I walked away with a different one because I'm like, okay, this one, you're right. This one has to work this, because this that was my mentality as well. Yeah. You know, I didn't know any Your better. training. It's my training. And so and I knew, I, I mean, I walk into the visits and said, oh, okay, this didn't work. What else we have? You know? Yeah. So I walked away with that one. And honestly, same exact thing happened. All of the side effects without the resolution of symptoms. And I was like, this has got to be, there's got to be something else going on. And I, at this point, never felt so helpless because, you know, essentially she's like, well, if this one doesn't work, I don't know what else to do. So these are symptoms I was actually going to have to live with and hopeless that this is, these are symptoms I'm going to have to live with. And I'm just going to have to feel just so not good on so many levels, a mental, a physical, emotional, a spiritual, like they were all nose diving down every day. And so I'm not sure the you know, when this, when I got the name of a functional medicine doctor, but it happened to fall on my lap because over the course of this year that I'm going through all of this, I started selling anti-aging skincare because one of the other things is I had no purpose in my life. Like I, you know, we need purpose in our life to get out of bed in the morning. And when I'm getting out of bed and going and just doing a rope pap smear, you know, yes, I know the female patients are grateful that I'm doing a screening test for them, but I'm not changing their life. This is the whole reason. And quite frankly, I was bored. You know, I then I just like, well, let me do some direct sales. Let me have some fun in my life. Let me do something that I've never done before. So, ironically, this functional medicine doc was put on my radar not for my medical needs, but because she was an anti aging doctor who might need the skincare I was selling. So, I contacted her one evening at like nine o'clock at night in bed, and she got on the phone and she said, pretty much promptly, I don't need your skincare. I have my own line. However, let's talk about your health. <laughs> And honestly, within, I would say five, 10 minutes of describing my symptoms, like what had happened to me, my symptoms, she said, I don't think you have depression. I think you have adrenal fatigue. And that's what we called it back in the day. Sure. And here I am in my bed again, nine o'clock at night. My husband had just gone into the bathroom to take a shower and I'm on my computer Googling, like, what is this adrenal fatigue? And honestly, this aha moment came. I was like, oh my gosh, this is me. So two things like this is me. <laughs> How do I make this better? But number two is like, oh, number two, this is real. It's not all in my head, which right. a lot of women out there, I think once you yes. don't get quote, unquote, fixed by that medication, you start feeling like it's all in my head. I'm crazy. Yep. And number three, I'm a doctor. How come I didn't know about this? Yeah. How come this was nowhere on my radar? Well, I couldn't, I have fixed myself a year ago. So she kind of goes through the treatment plan and on the heels of that, she says, well, why don't you join me in practice? And she happens to be about three and a half hours from where I live. And she wanted to set up a practice about an hour from where I lived. And so then I'm like, what is it that you do? What do you call yourself? <laughs> Functional medicine doctor. So I'm Googling that. And I was like, oh, I this, do that. my purpose. I'm like, the thing that I've been looking for, I had bought all the books, Julie, of like what to do if you're a doctor, and aside from just, you know, in a clinic or hospital practicing medicine, it was 
malpractice, you know, you can lawsuits and you could be an expert witness and you could be, I don't know, all these things, you know, and I was like, pharmaceuticals was on there. I'm like, these are not things that I want to do. This is not how, this is not going to get me out of bed in the morning. <laughs> Might as well and just keep so, doing pap smears at this exactly, point. Exactly. That's what I exactly <laughs> thought. I'm like, I'm just going to keep doing pap smears until this night. And I, when I Googled that, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is root. This is like figuring out why someone feels the way they're feeling and not just slapping a medication on them. I'm like, oh my gosh. And so I'm like, done, like done. So the funniest part is my husband comes out of the bathroom. Mind you, he's been in there maybe 20, 30 minutes max. And I said, honey, great news. No, this lady doesn't want my skincare, but I have adrenal <laughs> fatigue. And I'm, I'm not broken. I said, I don't have depression. And guess what? I don't need a prescription medication. I just, you know, some supplements, major lifestyle changes, not going to get better overnight, but Hey, at least I know it's not in my head. Oh, and by the way, I'm leaving the hospital and I'm going back and doing a fellowship in this functional medicine and joining this woman. I just met on the phone in practice and he literally stands there. His mouth is like on the floor. He goes, how long was I in the shower for? (laughs) And honestly, this is the first time that I actually listened to my gut. Like as docs, we are so conditioned to listen to our head and like, just don't even take the body and how you feel into it. Just like all head. Yes. And this was literally the first time of all of those years that I had been suppressing that gut feeling of like, ah, like even when I had the depression diagnosis, this doesn't feel right. It wasn't right, but I didn't know what else it was. Right. So here's the first time that I was like, this is the next right thing. This is my purpose. I have a diagnosis. This is my healing. This is how I'm going to give hope and help to those women out there that feel exactly how I have felt. So I did exactly that. I went back finished out my time as an OB at the hospital while doing this fellowship and completed the fellowship, joined this woman in practice for four years. We had to ultimately close the practice, gosh, probably three years ago now for financial purposes. Just sometimes those kind of practices don't thrive in certain areas of the country. Sure. And uh, yeah, I'm still doing what I'm doing now online hundred percent. And so, you know, and still never regretting the fact I'm still a board certified OBGYN. I will never give that up. I love women's health. I just come at it from a different perspective now, which is exactly how I say root cause medicine. I try to figure out, okay, let's not slap a medication on it. Let's try to figure out why you're feeling the way you're feeling. Wow. Thank you for sharing that journey. There's so many parts and pieces. I'm sure listeners are just like me, like, oh yeah, I, you know, I can relate to that. And I can, you know, you were, you commented about how we tend to start to question, like, you know, is it in my head? Am I crazy? Especially when labs are clean and the medications aren't working. And, but I've encountered, as I'm sure you have so many people that it's not even that they wonder if they're crazy, pretty much their doctors are are saying it must be in your head because- And I remember at one point in in my journey with rheumatoid arthritis, talking to my best friend and saying, you know, I wonder if I have depression Mm -hmm. and I was already diagnosed. I was also on a cabinet full of medications, 10 prescriptions, and I was exhausted, you know, I, all the things because the medications weren't helping my symptoms. And so I was going down the list of, you know, I have all of these things that could be depression. And she said to me, but do you, do you feel like you're depressed? You know, like, do you feel like, so I, when you said that, like, you know, even though your head was saying like, yeah, it must be, and there's a med for that. Like, 
you just knew because I, I, I run through that checklist of not in my head, but in my heart myself when I was so sick. And so often that is one of the things, no matter what other illness people are struggling with, they're also given that antidepressant because it's like, you know, be quiet, like just, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and again, it's, it's not, I, I always say this to people, you know, doctors don't go into medicine to not help people. Like, you know, it's, you're limited by your training as you are case in point of, as you're saying, you know, even for myself, I couldn't figure it out. And so, but this is what makes the most passionate functional medicine providers is, you know, that you, you talk about this is your purpose and you even knew when you lost your purpose there for a while, that, that, that was important. You had to find one, you had to make one, you had to search for one. And I think like, what a gift for all those women that work with you now that, you know, they're getting to that root cause. They're getting their answers. And I know your your work has taken you in some really important directions. And, and I always promise listeners we'll try to keep this to about a half hour. Yeah. And so you and I know like we could we could talk about a million things. We already have done. <laughs> we have. You guys are all welcome. We got a lot of it out. <laughs> I I want to talk about. I want to talk about so many things, but I I want to talk about chronic stress and burnout. You know, I think it ties so beautifully into your story as well, because even though you may not use the term adrenal fatigue, I say, you know, adrenal challenges, you know, burnout or however you want to put it. I, I think, especially in the times we're living in even more so than before, but women in general have a tendency to push themselves beyond. And so I want to kind of dig in. I'll let you pick up. I just threw out like five different things within that whole <laughs> chronic stress mindset burnout realm, because whether it's autoimmunity or I know you do a lot of work around libido as a, as a symptom, so many women that consider themselves healthy struggle with, you know, that have no or low libido, young women, older women, doesn't matter. And so I, I think any, any woman listening will get so much value out of connecting those dots. I always say you and I have said before, the things that need to be addressed for full health serve pretty much whether it's autoimmunity, whether you name it, it's that umbrella of whole health. Talk about how important you, I think you called it unsexy when we were talking before we turned on the mic, but I, I think we need to, we need to make it sexy. You know, we need to really get people to understand how things like mindset and stress and purpose are, are driving health or illness. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I, and I, I love using the word burnout as well, because I, and I say adrenal fatigue, cause that's fallen out of favor in our world as far as yeah. di- it's never, it was never an official diagnosis, but I think it, it actually describes the condition perfectly because when you think of the yeah. adrenal glands, they're the little glands on top of our kidneys they're little powerhouses that produce our stress hormones. And they, after a while can get fatigued. They can get tired because they're working yeah. so hard. And in retrospect, 
I was, you know, leading up to my story, like I was living that dream life, but up every other night. And when I wasn't up with someone else's baby, I was up with my babies and, you know, 24 seven, go, go, go. And just living outside of a city, you know, again, that's a whole nother can of worms that I, I opened up when I moved down there. And it's, you know, I didn't realize the level of stress that I was having every single day because I was in it and going 150 miles an hour until I literally was knocked off that horse. And, you know, it's so funny. I always say, I don't think I hit my head, but something happened to me when I fell off that horse, like mindset wise, like a total shift. And also the fact that I had to physically slow down. And, you know, so that was my breaking point for women with burnout. Again, classically adrenal fatigue. I call it a lot of times adrenal dysfunction, APA, HPA dysfunction, you know, like there's a lot of names for it, but let's, let's call it burnout because I think a lot of people can, can understand the word burnout, right? And, you know, all my classic symptoms I have were that burnout, you know, like right out of the books, right out of the book and including, you know, my second wind at night was a particular stage of, of burnout, but you know, and I think a lot of the things that contribute to burnout have really been put to the forefront of our care. And we were talking about this, Julie, before you you started recording of like yeah. how we take care of clients now, because, you know, in the past, and if you go to your regular doctor, of course, they're going to say, okay, you're stressed. Okay. Stress management, reduce your stress. Okay. How, right? Like, what do I do doc? Like, I don't know, go, you know, meditate, meditate, <laughs> you know, like, you know, yeah. So I love meditation. Yeah. That is not feasible for a lot of people to, you know, that, that was like crazy for me to think of back in the day. I'm like, okay, meditate. Okay. Yeah. Right. Where do I have time sure. to do that? <laughs> so we need to, you know, for the, the burnout and, and the number of women that have actually are experiencing burnout contributing. And a lot of the things, not only the hormonal imbalances that can occur from burnout, but a lot, like in my story, a lot of the lifestyle changes that we take on because of that, the convenient foods, me opening up the bag of chips, you know, not sleeping necessarily well, uh, obviously not hydrating, probably, you know, too much alcohol, all of this to de-stress, you know, like all these things are leading to not only the low libido I talk a lot about, but also autoimmune conditions because of gut dysfunction. Right. So like it, it is really, so it's, it's like this, this thing that starts with this chronic stress that we're not identifying leading to these lifestyle changes that lead to all these other issues. Right. And that's where we're at right now in our, in our world. And we're sort of at a, this, this stage where everyone's running to their doctor with stress. Okay. If you don't are actually your doctor will do two things, actually tell you to de-stress and give you a medication probably for, because as docs, we are, we are in the helping field and we have five minutes to do it. And I can say that because it used to be me. You know, and I used to, did, I never felt like I was helping someone unless you walked out of the, out of my office with a prescription in her hand, even a five minute visit, I felt better because you had that prescription in her hand. That's how we're trained. So unless we can give that medication, you don't always feel like we did anything, but I really love to talk about it from a very practical, you know, approach of like what everyone can do, because I know probably there's a lot of women out there in your audience that are like, yeah, I feel fatigued in the morning. Even after I sleep all night, I still don't feel like I can get out of bed. You know, I want to hit snooze 50 times. I'm turning to the coffee all day. I'm hitting that lull in the afternoon for you know, another couple cups of coffee, living on the sugar, really know what healthy choices I should make. Don't, we don't, don't shoot ourselves. To make them. <laughs> they don't have the energy to make them. Now, that was me. I was closing the fridge after I saw the salad mix in there and I turned to the cabinet and got the bag of chips and went back on the couch and ate because I was so tired. 
And so a lot of those, again, you know, some of your listeners are like, yeah, that's me. That's totally me. Like maybe you're gaining the weight. You're not feeling very confident and your self-esteem has taken a nosedive. All these things actually will, you know, then we talk about eating healthy. You're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Give me the energy and I'll, and I'll eat healthy. So I always talk about the ABCs, um, which are tips that anyone can do, you know, and, and, and it's so interesting. After I started talking about the AA, which is awareness, I now hear all over because it goes into the mindset work everywhere that you can't take action on anything in your life, unless you're aware of what you're currently doing. And that goes with stress. Like what is stressing you out? Like there are so many people, and this used to be me running around going, I'm stressed and stressed about what, you know, like, what is it? (laughs) Right. And, you know, of course I did a recent masterclass and I did a survey and, you know, the most common are like work-life balance, finances, health, kiddos, because of the pandemic marriage has been as huge, was huge on the list. Parents, aging parents, mm-hmm. their weights, career choices. So like there is a, like I've covered just so many that again, you're listening <laughs> to like, yep, 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 yep. <laughs> but what is it, you know, what practically can you take action on right away to start? Because it's not going to get better unless we do something about it, or at least first identify it. And then, okay, what can we do about it? You know, I was approached it with a smart goals, you know, specific measure. Anyhow, don't get into the smart goals, you but like something that coach. you, <laughs> yeah. Like what, like, what can you do? Like we can't, you know, and I'd love to get to the end point of like all the supplements someone can take and the new, but let's come back to like, okay, what is it? Because, and it's not taking all your stress and dealing with it in 24 hours, like one thing at a time. And the things that you can kind of knock out pretty much right away. You know, you hate your job. Well, I can't go find another one necessarily tomorrow. So like, you know, let's, and I have to say stress, feeling trapped in a job is probably one of the worst or a relationship to the bigger, biggest stressors, you know, back. Gosh, oh, it's the feeling know, a long time ago. Part. Yeah. Yeah. It, they did this no awful study on, yep. on, on mice and like they cut off their, some of their appendages. Oh, I know or they trapped them in a corner. And actually the mice were more stressed when they were trapped as opposed to getting an appendage cut off. Like that goes to show you, like, even as humans, like you can feel, oh yes, I hate my job. But when you say that, like you're, you're feeling trapped in that job because obviously you need it for money. And that's a huge stress that you're not even aware of. Yes. You're aware that you don't like your job, but like it goes much deeper than that. So if that's the case, and it's something that you can start taking, you know, steps towards getting a, a different job or like a second income to try to like, maybe you can cut down something, but everything is figure outable, right? Like you can do it. It may not be overnight that you can leave your job, but like start working on it. Like, you know, this life is short. We got to wake up loving what we do. Like my life for three years there, I didn't love waking up in the morning because I lack that purpose. And there are so many people out there right now that are feeling the same exact way. So awareness, number well, two. I love what you just said about it, it going back to the feeling trapped because I could feel that like it, the relief, it may take a year to take whatever steps you need to take to get that new job. But really you start to feel that relief with that first step. Like as soon as yep. you're taking action, yep. no, you haven't changed or eliminated your stressor, but you've changed your stress response because you yep. are now in action and not feeling yeah. so trapped. So sorry, I just had to. No, yeah. And there's some other little stressors. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, even relationships, another what a big one that I, that I commented on. And of course, I'm not going to tell you to go get a divorce tomorrow, but maybe it brings light to the fact that I'm not in a happy relationship or I feel trapped. Why do I feel trapped? Well, we're just not 
doing the C, which is coming up, but like, what is it in your relationship that you want to improve? And is your partner amicable to improving it? You know, communication, which is the C that's coming up, like talking about it, obviously if it's an abusive relationship and such, that's a different story, but you know, a lot of times I'm seeing out there, you just, these relationships that are withering away and they feel trapped, but there's just, we're not saying exactly what we need in our relationship. So you know, there you go. Like say, okay, this is not, I feel trapped. I'm not happy. Why? Well, because we're not talking or we're fighting a lot. Well, what can we do about that? And then, you know, again, talking to your partner. So, and those are the big ones, but there's a lot of other little ones that I'm sure like when you start writing down, like, well, I'm stressed about who's doing the dishes tonight, you know, like, okay, you've got a kid. There you go. You know? (laughs) So, and, yeah. and there's one stressor gone or, or grocery shopping, you know? So like, Oh, can you send your hubby and the grocery store on the way home? Just send them the list, you know? So, and I'm going to get to that with uh, what's coming up because it kind of, they all kind of go together. You know, my B is always boundaries. B and C kind of go together. B is boundaries. C is communication. And I think over the past 18 plus months now, a lot of things have happened. You know, we've added so much more to our to-do list. We as women have, and I'm not to say men don't have a big to-do list, but I feel like we have taken on a lot more as our stereotypical roles in the house of like taking care of the kids and the dishes and the grocery shopping and and all the things, but potentially maybe adding on extra income because the family needed it or having to relocate your business to home or maybe even losing your job, which is, you know, again, there goes purpose, right? But a lot of other, other, what was that? Homeschooling. You know, that's a big ad for a lot of women the the past year and a half. Well, and that's a thing all day when they would be working, they would be, you know, virtually, I was always grateful that my kids were older, you know, they were 13 going through this, that I didn't have to sit there and watch them. But the ones that were doing it with these little ones, I was like, oh my goodness. So essentially, you know, and then school starts, maybe they're like go for their job between three and five. And then they had to do dinner and grocery shop and all the things it's like, and so their to-do list is never ending and they're not saying no, right. you know, I feel like for a period of point of time there, we all felt like life got a lot less chaotic because we weren't going to all these unnecessary places, but I feel like we had it on a lot of other things. So again, saying no, you know, really on your to-do list, try to limit it. And this is where my four D four D's come in. Yes. My do delegate delay and delete. So if you have a, Many women have a laundry list of things. You know, you wake up in the morning, you have a to-do list of 10 things in that list. Because ideally, I'd like you to have three, right? Because one of the biggest things for women at the end of the day, you know, huge feeling of failure or what have you when you fall into bed is that you didn't get those 10 things done. Right. You couldn't get those 10 things done. That, I, that was me too. Like I would put on way too much of my list. I can't get it all done. It's not feasible. And there's not enough hours in one day for me to get it done, maybe a week, but I overachiever here I come, I'm going to get those 10 things done. And then I fall into bed going, oh, I got three things done. So ideally, you know, three things, uh, put on your top, your to-do list, a thing that you have to get done, the eat that frog kind of thing, you know, get it done first. But when you're going down your list, think, okay, what do I absolutely have to do? Not what do I think I do the best? What do you have to do? Right. What can you delegate? So for instance, when I was saying with the groceries, can you ask your partner if you, you know, can you pick up the groceries on the way home? Or can you make the dinner so I can get this done? Or the kids, can you unload the dishwasher? Can you do the dishes? Can you bring your lunch boxes in and clean them out? 
that's that's a real life uh, example right there for me. <laughs> it's a, but and it, it takes intention. I, I think it's yeah. not automatic for most yeah. women to consider where can I delegate. It takes training, and it, it's such an important step. And it is amazing how much of those little stressors one can eliminate if they do delegate. Yeah. 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 And little things like I, I was that biggest, I was the ones that I have to do it all. I can only, I only, I can do as, as good as better than anyone. And I have to do it all. And I found that like, no, you can do it just as good as me. And you know, with the kiddos, yes, it does take a little bit of repetition. Mm -hmm. Come on, come on. But like, I'm telling you, they do get conditioned, you know, and what can you put off? Like what doesn't have to be done? And then what can you completely take off? What is completely unnecessary? that's on your to-do list. Cause we all have it. Right. But take it off. You know, maybe do you have to go to the grocery store every day? No. Can you kind of go maybe twice a week and make it a lot easier? Yeah. You know, delete that daily grocery shopping off your list and just do it, do it twice a week. So that is a big one. And then the C is just communication, which I think again, B and C like us super women, we think we have to do it all. And again, I say this from personal experience. This is why in my opinion, this is what makes me a good um, clinician is in, you know, doing what I do is because I guess I have the certification, but I have the experience. Like I was that self-proclaimed superwoman. Like, sure. yes, I got it. I can do it all. But guess what? At the end of the day, when you fall into bed, you're not getting a trophy. You might get some bragging rights, but you're not getting a trophy. Right. And my point is that your loved ones, your kids, they don't know what you need, right? They're not mind readers, number one. Number two, when you're doing it all and look like you got it all under control, they're like, hey, my wife, my mom, they're, they're doing a great job. Kudos to you, mom. Keep doing that. Meanwhile, in your head, you're like, oh, I just wish somebody could help me. Somebody right? would help me. Right. Yeah. You yeah. just have to ask. You know, there's so many women I talk to, they're like, they get so angry when their husbands come in and they plop on the couch on their phones. I'm like, did you ask them if they could? do homework with the kids or come and make dinner so you can go and do a little something for yourself. Cause that was the other thing that, that leads to burnout is like mm. women have lost themselves. Yes. And when I talk self-care, I'm not talking manicures, pedicures. I'm talking like, like sitting and reading a book for 15 minutes, going and taking yeah. a bath, you know, like going for a walk outside. The things like- that feel like a luxury, especially for those with children and even without, depending on your, your mindset and your routine, which I used to, women would call it a guilty pleasure. And I'm like, it shouldn't be guilty. It's a necessary, that's not taking care of yourself is not something you feel guilty about. Yep. So many women feel shame or guilt for taking 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. Oh my gosh, 30 minutes themselves. You know, I'd love for women to work up to one hour a day, but like, you know, men, it's so funny. I, I actually had a conversation with someone recently and they're like, yeah, men take three hours of their morning ritual. Like we hardly get any because <laughs> we're up right. at the floor taking care of the kids. Right. Yeah. So, I you know, even say to women, especially women with daughters, but even, you know, sons as well, you know, what would you want for your children? You know, cause we do get stuck into this do, 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 and I have to do it all. And I, I can't take that time. And and it's like, was, is that really what you want to be teaching your child? No, but it's okay for me. No, it's not. Because <laughs> they're watching you too. Like I never realized how much my kids watch. Oh, you know, you don't, it's not what you say. It's what you do. They watch absolutely. what you do. Absolutely. And uh, you know, because this is, you know this, but you become the better mother, the better partner, the, the better everything fill in the blank when you are prioritizing that. 
Yeah. Yeah. So it's not, you know, shameful or you shouldn't be guilt ridden because you want to take a little time for yourself. And, you know, and again, yeah, a walk outside, a little 30 minute exercise in the morning makes me so much of a better mom and wife and doctor, all of the things. Like I just show up better when I give a little bit to myself and don't, you know, because so many women are resentful and angry and, and frustrated, all these emotions because they're just not communicating what they need. It's just yeah. as easy as saying, honey, can you do? And I've got my, my part, my husband's very well conditioned now <laughs> to say, you know, when, and again, it's all about balance. Some weeks I'm doing a lot more than him because he's sure. at the hospital all the time. And sometimes I was like, okay, it's all you this week or more you. Right. It's a perfect balance. But now he's really well conditioned to say, I have some time. What can I do? Or I'm, you know, leaving for the hospital, but before I do, can I run to the store and get groceries or can I make dinner tonight? Or, and I was like, or can I pick up the kids? And it's like, so now if I don't ask, he asks me and I'm like, oh yeah, sure. Yeah. Great. And that is that sign of that communication. You said conditioning, but first before the conditioning, you need the communication, right? Yeah. And there was a little learning curve and frustration there. I'm not going to lie. You know, like even with my my husband, I was like, okay, I have to keep asking, but after a while he finally gets it. (laughs) For so many of us, it's so hard to ask to begin with because it's so not natural that then when we need conditioning after asking, it's like, well, wait a minute. Do you know what it took for me to even ask? Why aren't you doing it? Uh, Yeah. And you know, it's just, yeah, it's, you know, they just don't know. They can't, again, they can't read your mind. They don't know. And it looks like, you know, they, you got it under control. So it's just knowing that number one, even if you do have it under control, where can you like just delegate a little more so you get a little more relaxation? You know, I think a lot of women just don't know how to relax myself included. I have a hard time relaxing, but I force myself to because <laughs> role models, right? I want my kids yes, to say, you yes, relax. we have to, we have to, you know, walk the talk. Yeah. And so, but it, it really does. I love the ABCs because it, without the awareness, I mean, you know, you lived it. There was no awareness. You didn't realize, and you know, in hindsight, I imagine, because as I was listening to your story, it was, you know, if it wasn't the fall off the horse, it would have been something else because you weren't aware you were just running your body into the ground. And so I, I love, I love that. So if you would give us the ABCs one more time, and then I want you to, to share with listeners one step that they can take. I mean, you gave them, you know, if they could listen to this over and over and really make amazing progress by doing all of the things, working their way through the alphabet, but, but what would be one step that if they, they could just start today? Oh, yep. So ABCs, awareness, boundaries, and communication. And the one thing I think, you know, let's bring it back to the self-care because I think I just need to hit that home of you are worthy of having some time to yourself. And I think we go back to the whole mindset thing of I'm not enough. I'm not worthy. I need to prove myself. Baloney. (laughs) You proved yourself enough. And, you know, you, in order to be, to get your health on track and to feel better and to get a better mindset and all the things and better health, you've got, it's got to start with you. And that, that begins with a little you time, whatever that looks like for you. I would love your audience if they don't even know what it is anymore, because so many women don't even know what brings them joy, but makes them happy, what they want to do. I, your homework is to figure that out and start doing it, you know, 15 minutes a day and communicate with your partner. Say, hey, I love taking a walk outside. Do you mind 
when you come home from work, if you can just hang with the kids so I can go out and get a little air, especially if you have little ones, you're just going to need to get out of the house at the end of the day, just for some air or going to take a bubble bath or at night, you know, can you put the kids to bed or do the bedtime reading? If you have little ones, I just, I think of all, like, even though my kids aren't little, all the little things that I remember doing, it's like, I couldn't have my bedtime routine because I was, and I loved it, but like, we didn't both have to do it, you know, like one could have done it and then give another one kind of the night off, you know? So yeah, figuring out what it is that brings you joy will kind of help obviously relieve your, relieve your stress, whatever you become aware of with your stressor and uh, start doing it. And, you know, obviously the C comes in there with communication of telling your, your, whoever is around it, hopefully, hopefully someone can help you. And if it's not a partner, maybe it's a mom, maybe it's a friend. Why do you talk about friends? Like I, I raised my kids alone for 20 years and even without a partner, yeah. if you, you know, because boundaries with the kids, it's not always boundaries with a partner. It's boundaries, yeah. with everybody, friends, yeah. work people, life, yourself. <laughs> and so if you go through those ABCs and create that awareness, I, I really, I want to reiterate because I want to make sure everybody heard you say, you know, you are worthy, right? And, and that's, that's the piece. Uh, so one tip I give people, because unfortunately, like you said, so many people don't even know what brings them joy. Yep. So I'm going to give them a little tip so they can do your homework and figure out what that is. Often it's what did you used to love to do? Mm-hmm. Right. Because it's so far fallen off your radar. You don't even remember. And I know I have so many people where some form of art or creative expression mm-hmm you know, they loved as a kid or even as a younger adult, or maybe before they had kids. And so, you know, drawing for 15 minutes a day or any of the, so it doesn't have to be somebody else's list, like really take that time, listen to what Dr. Renee said, you are so worthy. You so deserve it. And I always say too, you know, a better you is the more you take care of yourself, the more you can take care of those that you love really. Exactly. And so, oh my gosh, so much gold. We could do this again. Hopefully we will do this again in the future. I am so appreciative of your time and your wisdom. And I know that your story and your tips are going to help so many of the listeners. For everybody listening, remember you can get the show notes and transcripts by visiting inspiredliving.show. I hope you had a great time. I had a blast. Thank you for listening to Julie Michelson's Inspired Living with Autoimmunity. Did you enjoy this episode? Please like, share, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to get a transcript of this and every other episode, just head on over to inspiredliving.show or click on the link in this episode's description. There, you can also find everything we discussed in this episode, including links and information about our guests. You can even send in your questions to be answered by Julie in a future episode. That's inspiredliving.show. Until next time, this is Julie Michelson's Inspired Living with Autoimmunity podcast, helping you take your power back.